Have you ever felt that your life was beyond repair? Or maybe you've watched someone whose life seemed unfixable. What in the world do you do? Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. <laughs> yes, and that includes sound effects. Now, due to the subject matter in today's episode, parental guidance is suggested. I'm Timothy Gregory, letting you know that no matter your situation, there is hope for what you think is hopeless. There is healing for what may seem irrevocably broken. We'll explore this very thing and more in today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Now, the man in our story was on a downward spiral with patterns of addiction, abuse, and suicidal tendencies. He felt hopeless, unable to ever turn his life around for the better. His childhood trauma and sinful desires set him on a broken path that, well, he seemed destined to follow. Also, you want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Adam Alexander. Mom? I thought you'd be in bed. Are you okay? I'm fine. You're not okay. Look at you. I'll get some water. Mommy, what happened? It's nothing. It's... Why don't you sit? Oh, here you go. You're bleeding, Mama. What do we do? Eric? I don't know. I don't... Who hurt you? Was it Daddy? Our mom had divorced my dad over his abuse, but our stepfather, Joe, didn't hesitate to act out either. I remember feeling so helpless in these moments, frozen in between my older and younger brothers, wanting so badly to fix it, but with no idea how. My stepfather Joe had moments of showing great care for our family too, and I was conflicted in my feelings for him. He was a carpenter, which I admired, but he shared his drug addiction with my mom. I'm hungry. I know, bud. What time are they getting home? I thought by now. What do we have? Joe will need the soup for lunch tomorrow. Mama want her bread in the morning. Crackers? There's two left. And here's some peanut butter. Well, a spoonful at least. That'll work. Have a seat, brothers, and welcome to Restaurant Eric. What's the specialty? Oh, it's a foreign dish I like to call the smothered cracker. My tummy hurts. Hang in there, Dustin. Food's on the way. We're at a very nice restaurant. Oh, yes. Tuck in your shirts, gentlemen. Only the finest diners here. Bon appétit. That's not how you say it. Yes, it is. For a There you go. Does that taste good? Are there more? Well... Wait, what are you gonna have? I'm fine. Eric, we can split mine. I'm fine. Really. That's for you. Today, we'll meet a man who struggled to break free of his addiction until he discovered the love that had always been waiting for him. The true story of Adam Alexander, right now on Unshackled. My parents often placed us in harmful situations as a result of their addictions. 
I suffered sexual abuse early on at the hands of an older boy in our neighborhood. This turned me inwards, as did our constant moving around, which made friendships difficult to sustain. We never had much money, and I always felt shame around that at school. Is anyone sitting here? Yes. Go to the back of the bus. Looks empty. Well, it isn't open to you. Why do you live in a hotel? Oh, it's just... That's a motel. That's what you call it when it's part outside, part inside. And it's not somewhere you'd go for vacation. My mom calls it a crack motel. What's crack? Can I sit here? Only if you tell me what crack is and why you live there. Never mind. I'll go to the back. I outgrew my childhood at an early age. Without friends or much supervision, I developed a pornography addiction at the young age of 12. I was smoking marijuana by 13. I stole it from my stepdad. He was getting into trouble as he developed more of a reputation through his dealing. Who is it? Don't open it. Is Joe here? Um, no he isn't. You're lying. Let us in. I told you, he's not here. He's down the- Don't tell him. Down the road, I suppose. Well, we'd like to leave a message. That idiot owes us, and we're not leaving without it. Get back. We'll kick down this door. Move, Adam. Hello, boys. Now show us where your daddy keeps his things. When I was 15, my mom and Joe separated. Unfortunately, this didn't help our situation much. It just meant I had more unsupervised time. I started dating a girl and drinking and sleeping with her as often as I could. I was failing all my classes, and eventually my birth father came to pick me and Dustin up and bring us back to Louisiana to try to get our heads on straight. Mom, have you seen my backpack? Come in the kitchen, honey. Hey, kiddo. Dad? What are you doing here? Dustin! Dad's here! Can I get a hug? Where have you been? Louisiana. You know that. Why are you here? Um, well... Go ahead. I'm gonna bring you boys back with me for a time. What? Dad? Hey, buddy. Did you know about this? This environment clearly isn't working for you, Adam. We need to try something else. So you guys planned all this behind my back? Planned all what? We're going to Louisiana with Dad. I guess suddenly he cares about us. But things didn't change in Louisiana. My dad had also recently divorced, and he spent most nights bar hopping, leaving me and Dustin to do what we pleased. He lived in a low-income part of town where drugs were easy to find. We were high all the time. Weed, prescription pills, Dramamine, you name it. My dad was easily angered and would pick fights with me when he'd come home drunk. What are you doing still up? Not tired yet. You're a bum, you know that? It's a Friday night. Don't talk back to me! Sorry. Here I am trying to help you, and this is how you repay me? Let's talk about this in the morning. I want to talk about it now! Where's your brother? He's asleep. Some example you're setting for him. Eric's the role model. Well, he's out of the house now, ain't he? You're the leader! And here you are, making a mess of my place! I'm sorry, Dad. I'm going to bed. You listen to me. I wish you weren't here. I wish I'd never brought you into this world. Okay. Get out! I grew terrified of my dad, which pushed me further into drugs and sex. I spent wild weekends out in the New Orleans party scene, and by the time I graduated high school, 
I'd slept with over 40 women. First, I moved back to Texas to work with Joe in construction. With both of us using drugs, our work led to some dangerous injuries. Before long, my girlfriend and I moved back to Louisiana, where Dustin still lived, in search of something more secure. But I could not outrun my addiction. This is a nice place. Thanks. Candles and stuff? Yeah, trying to grow up a little. What can I get you? Water? Coke? Uh, I'll take a beer. I don't have any. What? Don't keep it in the house anymore. Oh. Uh, I guess Coke then? Hey, so where's the infamous Stacy? I hope you'd bring her. We're not together anymore. Oh, how come? Ah, uh, you know, guess I didn't own enough candles. We had separated because of my drug-addicted lifestyle. But I was starting to sense that something had shifted in Dustin. I didn't know what he thought of me anymore. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. That's all right. All I need is a job, and I'll be fine. Oh, what kind of things are you looking for? I'll do whatever. I'm good with my hands, now that I've had more construction experience. Well, you know I'm working for this roofing company. We're always hiring. If heights don't freak you out too much. That'd be great. I seem to recall an episode when we went up to the top of the motel, and you... I was ten years old. I'm just saying... If it's going to make you wet your pants, let's find you another job. I can do it. And I did. I did it well. So well, I was quickly promoted to foreman. But the extra money I made went towards drugs. Roofing is tough on the body, especially your lower back. And so began the next chapter of my addiction. Oxycontin. Even as I spiraled... The next six years would hold great life change for me. I fathered two children and raised the youngest with his mother, Lara, whose story was full of childhood trauma like mine. Through it all, my brother never gave up on me. Spaghetti and meatballs. You have no idea how good this looks. Thank you. Well, I've been worried about you. Mm. I'm off narcotics. Really? Yeah. It brought me to the edge one too many times. I overdosed. Yeah, Laura told me. And I found myself thinking about an escape route. Suicide? I told you, I'm off of it. Are you totally clean? Yeah. Are you still sleeping around? Is there any more of this? Have the rest. You know, I used to be in all that stuff, too. Yeah? What changed? You used to be my partner in crime, then all of a sudden, you don't have a single beer in the house? I learned about God's love for me. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> I'm serious. If you don't want to hear about it from me, there's this documentary you ought to watch. It's about fallen angels. I think you'd find it fascinating. I'm not going to watch that. I'm telling you, I had never considered that the God of the universe could possibly care about me, my body, and my choices. It changed everything. I clung to this verse in Romans 8.13. It says, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body... Ye shall live. Well, if ye would like to put in a good word with God for me, ye can tell him this. He left me. He left us both as little boys. I've had enough angry, abusive men in my life. I certainly don't need a God who wants to punish me, too. Adam! I'm sorry. I'm so thankful for dinner. I really am. I should get home before the baby goes down. All right. Hey, love you, brother. Yeah, I know. I wasn't ready to hear what my brother had to say about God, so I kept living with a sex and alcohol addiction while trying to raise a kid and be a husband. 
When I was 29, I got tragic news. My older brother, Eric, my protector and hero, my one positive role model, had died. Hi, Mom. Hi, sweetheart. Where is everybody? They're inside. We're just finished going through his things. Why don't you stick this in your car before I forget? What is it? Eric's Bible. He left it to you. Folks, we'll get back to Adam's story in just a moment. But first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the true story of Adam Alexander. I had no idea how to make sense of the old stories in the Bible Eric had left to me, or what he wanted me to do with it. One year to the date after Eric died, my wife was due with our daughter, Ava. Though I still felt hostile towards God, I couldn't help but believe in a higher power. It seemed to me no coincidence that we would welcome new life into the world a year after we had lost someone so precious. Her birth was a holy experience that I will never forget. All right, Laura, doing great. One more push. You got this, sweetheart. I can see the head. There she is. That's it. You did it. <laughs> well, it's a girl. It is? We're going to make sure she's healthy, and then we'll bring her right back to you. Are you crying? I can't stop. Come here. You are so amazing. She's perfect. I'm so thankful. I can't believe we get to be her parents. I'm glad you're still here, Adam. <laughs> Me too. I can't believe I almost... <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Gosh, I've never cried just, you know, just out of joy before. <laughs> it's time. You've had enough tears of pain. How I wish I could say that this experience of gratitude and joy endured. I tasted the light. But as it is written in Job 24:13, they are of those that rebel against the light. They know not the ways thereof, nor abide in the paths thereof. I soon moved away from the good and hard work of investing in my family and slid back into my pattern of insatiable lust. 
It was a vicious cycle that left me constantly unfulfilled and chasing cheap pleasure that would never satisfy. I'm on my way out. Where are you going? Out. Out where? Why can't you just let me be? Because the house is a mess. Coal needs to be put down. Ava will be up and hungry any minute. And if you have somewhere more important to be, I'd sure like to hear what it is. I'll be back. I'm just running to the store. For what? Get off my back, would you? As soon as you start helping out around here, instead of sneaking off to see other women... Stop. I'm not stupid, Adam. She's waiting for you. Better go. I'm not... I'll be right back. Uh-huh. I trapped my family in my addiction until I was laid off a few years later. We moved to Louisville, Kentucky, with the promise of a new job. In between jobs, I had some time on my hands, and for whatever reason, I finally decided to watch the documentary that my brother Dustin had told me about so many years before. The video is nearly three hours long, and full of fascinating detail about fallen angels throughout history. I was impressed by the scholarship, but it was the words the narrator spoke at the very end of the video that undid me. I have done this research, and I put this video together to help others, but look, don't take my word for it. Do your own research. Check it out for yourself. What I'm trying to tell you is that God loves you. These words pierced through to the deepest part of me, unleashing years of pent-up despair, rage, and neglect. Could it be? Could the God of the universe really love someone like me? Adam, you okay? Yes, honey. I just need a moment. But I'm good. Really good. <laughs> All right. I sat in the bathroom and wept for 10 minutes. I had never experienced love like this before. My life would never be the same. We started looking for a church, and unfortunately, the one we found was a bit strange. I didn't let the negative experience deter me, though, for I knew there was deep truth in my encounter with God. You want to drive or you want me to? Go ahead. We got to get out of here. Is that how churches are? I don't know. I can't remember the last time I was inside a church. I thought it was never going to end. I know. And it was so dark in there. Yes. Oh, it feels good to see the sun. Put the windows down. <laughs> Not until we're off the property. <laughs> <laughs> the music was so loud. I could barely make anything out. Oh, man, that is not what I was expecting. But maybe that's... Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's how it is. Maybe there's something of God there that we just can't see yet. You want to go back? I'm telling you, Laura, I was changed by this experience with God. I can't give up on it yet. I know. I know. I can tell something's different. And I'm here to support you as we figure it out. It wasn't until we experienced a more gospel-driven church, an expression that felt more centered on Jesus and comfortable to us, that we could acknowledge that our first attempt at finding a faith community had led us to an unhealthy one. When a new job led us to move to Sioux City, Iowa, I set out to attend a new church with one of my coworkers. But when they were unable to attend, 
I drove around trying to find the one we had talked about going to. Uh, Route 290. Is that it? No. But goodness, would you look at that. There was a huge steeple towering over me and the surrounding farmland. I felt lost in my new town. But this symbol beckoned to me. And though it wasn't the church we had planned to attend, I moved towards it instinctively. So you see, the rich man found himself on one side of an enormous chasm. In life, he had all the luxury that Lazarus the beggar lacked. But for eternity, Lazarus experienced the joy of union with God, and the rich man was forever separated. He had made this choice for himself. He had chosen the path towards hell, the path of selfishness, pride, and greed. The question before all of us today is what path will you choose? Who will you be? What will you inherit? Excuse me, Pastor? Uh, yes. Oh, hello. Uh, what is it? Uh, I'm sorry. I, uh... Oh, you're certainly not the first to be moved to tears in God's house. I wasn't even going to come here this morning. I was trying to find another church. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found us. I'm just scared. I, uh, I don't want to die. Do you have a moment? Uh, yes, of course. Come with me. It's quieter here in my office. Have a seat and have some water. Tell me your name. My name is Adam. Adam, I'm Pastor Daniel. It's nice to meet you. It sounds like the Holy Spirit is convicting you after today's service. I suppose. I, I just hope it isn't too late for me. My life has been full of... I, I don't know where to begin. You don't have to. I can see it in your eyes. And God already knows your story. It's never too late to say yes to His grace and love. How? Let's pray together. You can begin by confessing that you are a sinner. Oh, okay. Uh, God, uh, I just talked to him? Yeah, like a friend. Oh, okay. Uh, God, if you know my story, then you know the depth of my disobedience. I'm sorry. I need your help to turn my life around and break free of my destructive patterns. Let God know that you believe in him and that he sent his son to die for us. I do. I believe in you and what Jesus did for me on the cross. I choose to follow you for the rest of my days. Then what? That's it. You did it. The last step is to make a choice. And you just made one. How do you feel? I feel like... I'm glad I didn't find the church I thought I was looking for this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I walked out of that building with a sense of possibility, security, and joy that I hadn't ever felt before. As anyone who has been saved later in life knows, it doesn't all change on a dime. The habits you've built over decades require daily surrender to truly transform. I had to come to terms with my sex and alcohol addiction, with the ways I neglected my family and failed to love well. But I felt God's grace moving through the broken parts of my life, for I too had struggled to know what it was to be loved. 
What can I offer you? Water, tea, lemonade? Ah, just water's fine. Thanks, brother. All right. Here's some pretzels. But save some room for lasagna. Look at you, family man. Hey, who are you and what have you done with my brother? <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't see it when you tried to tell me about God's love before. I wasn't ready. Oh, that's okay. I'm so glad you see it now. I was really, I mean, I was so scared of hell. That's what finally got through to me. But I'm beginning to see now, I was already living in a kind of hell. Yeah, we didn't really have an earthly picture of what an unconditionally loving father could be like. Well, I just kept choosing against love. It's like that verse in James. James 1.15, I think it is. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You know? Why are you laughing? I'm sorry. Never in a million years did I think you would be cooking lasagna and quoting scripture to me. <laughs> Anything's possible, man. How has it been, moving out of your old lifestyle? <laughs> it's not easy. I still feel tempted sometimes. And Lara and I have a lot of work to do to rebuild. But I'm trying to take it one step at a time. Not giving in to lust. Being present with Ava on the playground. Cooking so Lara doesn't have to. Choosing water instead of beer. Tiny victories. I thank the Lord for everyone. Listening friend, if you or someone you know struggles with addiction, be encouraged that there is help available. And if you're living a life marked by death and despair, hear the truth, just like Adam did, that there is a God who loves you abundantly and that a relationship with Him comes through repentance and the belief in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To learn more or get connected to resources that can help you, get in touch with Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, here's the prize for our new upcoming sweepstakes contest. It's another beautiful wooden scripture plaque of Psalm 5110 that says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Folks, this is gorgeous, especially if you're looking for well, daily inspiration from scripture. You will love this authentic and very unique wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or log and 
while cut in such a way to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. This one actually looks like it was cut from birch, as it has that really unique bark exterior. Uh, this plaque has been handcrafted around the natural character and beauty of the wood that God created. If you'd like to peek at this scripture plaque, just visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page. Unfortunately, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. The winner of the sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced March 21st. But the deadline, folks, the deadline for entry is March 5th. And we look forward to hearing from you. And next time... You stay here, Mike. Hey, Butch, so you think you're gonna lay it on me, huh? Matt, you can't just leave him there. He could be hurt really bad. Don't you tell anyone about this, you hear? The truth will come out, they say. Michael Swiger would learn that lesson the hard way. Where were you on June 17th? I was at work. Any idea what your brother was doing on that day? I have no idea what my brother was doing. I find that hard to believe. Believe it. You're talking to the wrong person. He was a junior in college when he had to choose between turning in his brother and turning off his conscience. Your brother already confessed. You can be a witness or you can be a defendant. I don't know what you're talking about. This is the story of how he chose and where it led. I'm facing charges of aggravated murder, maybe the death penalty. It's the true testimony of Michael Swiger, coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Adam Alexander were Brian Plaharchik, Tina Glushenko, Mara Kate Burns, Tyler Kaplan, Steve Bayorgian, and Demetrius Troy. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Samantha Beach. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ. <laughs>